Welcome to the Health Coach Show. I'm Siobhan Khan, and in this episode, I'm joined by Jason Stewart. Jason's is a dietitian, personal trainer, and a coach with over 20 years' experience in the healthcare industry. He's the founder of the Better Body Academy, a successful group coaching program with 300 members and a team of six coaches, of which he's the lead health coach. I've known Jace for about 20 years since our days when we worked back in the preventative industry doing on-site health programs. He's one of the most passionate health professionals I know who truly wants to make a difference. In fact, he has pledged to change a million lives and he's doing this through his amazing group coaching program. And he's been kind enough to join us today to share his wisdom. So welcome, Jace. Good morning, Shiv. Hope you're well. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks, Jace. So yeah, we have had a lot of requests for group coaching. And, you know, how does it work? How do programs work? How do they, how do you make them successful? You know, what are some tips and tricks? So we are so excited to have you here. We'd love to start with just, you know, how does your group coach coaching program work? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I just want to prefix that if there's any like squeals in the background, my kids are around having lunch. So uh, this is one of the benefits, obviously, of running a group coaching program from home. Um, <laughs> benefit slash downside. Uh, how does my group coaching work? We have a, a basic idea that the fitness industry as a whole is just making things way too difficult for people. That's that's our general idea. So we give people two parts. One, a simple plan to follow, very simple, very practical. And then the other part to it is the accountability and support to implement that plan. And this is where I think that a group program has leverage on an individual program. I'm not saying there's not a place or a situation for individual programs uh, or one-on-one, -on -one, but for me, I think for the, the health professional that's running the program, one of the biggest hurdles that they need to make is the conversion from one-on-one -on -one to group. It's like, who's going to pay me for a group program? Well, that's a belief system. And once you believe in the pros of why you convert, then you really start to see progress and get, get on board. And I can remember being in a situation where I'm like, no one's going to want to do a group program. Um, maybe it was through our early years of seeing on-site group programs working that gave me a taste of this. But I can talk more about that during the course of this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's start on, is there a structure? Because a lot of our um, health coaches ask, you know, how would I actually structure group coaching? Like, what do you do with their topics? How do you run it week by week? Like, how does it actually work? Yeah, very good question. So so we can, we can get to the marketing side, but let's just talk about once the client comes and joins the program, we have an evergreen uh, intake, which basically means we can take people on a continuous basis as opposed to a cohort-based intake where we can only take people, for example, every six weeks. Okay, so we have an evergreen intake, which means that there needs to be a pretty good onboarding process, uh, which is one of the things that takes a bit of experience to set up. Once you've got people onboarded, then it's really probably three core elements. Number one is content. Number two is coaching. And number three is community. So if you just think of the three Cs, coaching, content, and community, and we can kind of elaborate from there. Uh, in terms of content, I see that as the one-way delivery of information from coaches to clients. So not an interactive way. It's, it's a one-way. So it might be me delivering an internal podcast. It might be me delivering a Zoom session. Uh, it might be me delivering a challenge, whatever the case I would look at my my pillars of my program. And I can talk about them in a second if you want, but we would deliver one way. Then we've got coaching. Coaching is the two-way component. This is where obviously you're with the client either on a Zoom call or in chat on Facebook, for example, or a, an app messenger, and you're, you're asking them how they are, how their progress is. So content one way, a, uh, coaching two ways, and then the final part is obviously the community, which is you know, big. And this for me is the, this is the thing that knits it all together. Um, what is the biggest component of a successful transformation program that's online? I think it's the community component. The marketing is what brings people in. 
the community is absolutely what keeps them absolutely and infinitely. And so if you're not the type of person that um, is good at creating communities, then it can be a challenge because people will sign up, they'll get the result, but then what's the, what's the reason that they actually want to stick around the long term? Well, you know, in a relationship deprived world, I think that connection is really the big thing that makes people stay. That's key. So I can talk if you want about uh, the pillars of our program. I said that there is, you know, a simple plan and some accountability. You might notice our logo. Here we go. So um, I try to think about it from these four, four components. So most of our clients are wanting to lose weight to different degrees or at least change their body in some way. So on a surface level, we're coming from nutrition and training or exercise. They're the mechanisms that you actually, you can't think about eating healthy. You've got to do it, right? You can't think about lifting weights or going for a run or whatever it is. You've got to do it. So the, so the two pillars, which I'd call the primary pillars are training and nutrition. And then there's two secondary pillars, which I think are the, the components that decide whether this is going to stick or not. And this is a change to one's mindset and their overall lifestyle. So have they changed the way they think and believe? And have they implemented this so that they're no longer a, inverted commas, overweight person doing a program? They are the program. They are the lifestyle and it becomes merged. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. So nutrition, training, mindset, and lifestyle. And so all of our content, our coaching, and our community is based around those four pillars. Mm. So when people um, enter your program, you they they get a bit of they get all three elements: the coaching, the content, and the community straight away. Like, how does it work? You said it's an evergreen program. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us more about yeah how that actually works. Yeah, good question. So, uh, and and this is where I think like experiencing the game helps you to set up framework. So I've talked about, for example, the simple plan and the accountability. I've talked about the four pillars. And, the, and and when you start to build out these frameworks in your mind, because you're sitting there thinking like, how do I take what I know and put it into something digestible, right? So uh, when a client enters, we do an onboarding with them. And what we're trying to do is we take some baseline photos, some baseline measurements, they sign a, a contract, a financial contract. And then from there, we give them a meal plan, a workout program, some guidance around daily activity. We do a deep dive into their uh, purpose for actually doing it in the first place. And then from there, um, where they're in, they're in the program. They download an app, uh, which is a custom app from us. Uh, they download, obviously they enter into the Facebook group. So there's the community component. And so after they're set up, with a meal plan, with a workout program, with some general guidance around daily activity, it then becomes, okay, cool. Let's start to implement this. So everything's quite structured at the start. And then once they're in the program, uh, we then reach out to them once or twice a week to see how they're going, whether they're on track and how they're feeling. And we generally get a bit of an idea of how a person's performing based on one, are they actually getting results? like tangible results. Second thing is a really good insight is this is this is a great part about having a community. Are they active in the community? If they're not getting results, they're not in community and they are not responding to coaches' outreach messages for assistance, then you can pretty much know that they're struggling a little bit. So they need some sort of intervention. Yeah. What do you do in those cases? You know what? Like you'd be surprised at how many people pay for a program and actually, you probably won't be surprised being a change expert, uh, how many people start the program and just heads out of the game within a week or two mm -hmm. yeah. and super challenging. And in those circumstances, we will generally send them a private DM to try to engage them in the process. So away from the business socials, mm -hmm. we'll try to contact them via messenger. And once we've got them hooked in, we can then kind of get on a call with them one-on-one -on -one and say, okay, look, let me remind you of why you started this in the first place. You know, and I get that most people are just 
scared of failing, as you can imagine, same thing in your practice. So the goal is to try to reassure them and reconnect them to why they started in the first place. But be it one-on-one program or be it a group program, you're always going to have these people who think they're ready, maybe commit financially, and then just smoke bomb two weeks in. There's not a lot you can do for a lot of these people. Yeah, yeah, and we've talked to that in terms of why motivation and barriers and things like that. Um, I guess, though, it sounds like you have a little bit of maybe one-to-one contact with your group coaching through Messenger, you said, or if perhaps they're not engaging, you might take that extra step of maybe organising a call. But all the rest sounds like it is group, um, yeah, group discussions and content that they do themselves and can you Correct. talk us through a little bit more of how that works, like in terms of your group coaching, um, you know, what's the interaction with the community? Is it all through Facebook? Is it like how do you how do you facilitate that? Yeah. So in terms of we we drive everyone or contact with everyone uh, through a business messenger, so Facebook business messenger. So this allows our coaches to all live in that inbox. If we were messaging people all individually, then how would all of our coaches be across all of our clients? The great thing about business inbox is that we can keep them all in one place, one inbox, but all of the coaches can see any of the discussions. So they can, one coach can pick up on a conversation that another coach has started. For example, if it's late at night and it's the US and we've got a client in the US that wants to talk after a long shift, then someone in the Australian zone can actually pick up and carry that conversation on. So that's the first thing. We also have, uh, as part of our coaching, schedule Zoom calls. Um, and at the moment, we do those across three different time zones each week. And so we have a US-based Zoom call, Australian-based Zoom call, and a UK Zoom call. But anyone can attend any call. And so this is just, we put it in a header on our Facebook group for when the call times are, and then people are able to see, obviously, when those call times are. Does that answer the question? Yeah, is that like a Q&A Zoom call, you mean? Yeah, so there's different different uh, delivery styles, I think, depending on the size of the group that we get. So, for example, our UK contingent uh, tends to be a smaller Zoom call only by virtue of the fact that we don't have as many UK clients as we do Australian clients. Uh, I certainly like to change that based on the Australian dollar being so crap at the moment, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh so, so the UK call, I typically run that call because it's in a good uh, zone with the time zone that I'm on. And so it's typically six or seven people. And we split our uh, community into men and females, uh, men and women in separate groups. So for the record, we, we think that is a good model because, uh, you know, people talk about men not being very vulnerable and emotional. I'll tell you what, if you saw the inside of our community, you would see some very powerful, very vulnerable shares. I would say, in fact, on par, if not better, than our women's community. And and this is what happens when you get the barriers down, you know, with a group of men and create a safe space. But, of course, if that was integrated, men would be less willing to share, women would be less willing to share. You know, we've got women in our program sharing, you know, 120-kilo women sharing bikini photos and getting so much support. And that happens when you've created a right space. Mm. So in comparison, our Australian call might have, like our probably our biggest call of the week is the Australian call, maybe 25 women on that call. That's only a fragment of active clients because some clients are in, they've been with us for two years. They don't join the calls really anymore. You might have some really kind of locked in people that still join because they love it and then some newer people joining those calls and so generally what we'd cover in the call is okay let's start off with some wins from the previous week or two how you're feeling does anyone have any questions if the questions padded out the 40 minutes after the wins then obviously we'd stick on questions but if the questions are minimal and there's nothing really, and there's a 30-minute 30 30 gap, for example, we would then fill that with a coaching. Uh, we'd pull off one of our pillars, nutrition, training, mindset, lifestyle, and we'd deliver something. So, for example, we might say, okay, cool. Cole isn't very busy with questions. Let's talk a little bit about tonight about self-image and the destructive nature of using 
weight as your only metric for measuring success mm-hmm. as an example. And then we'd maybe do a little bit of coaching on that and then pick out the more kind of talkative women to speak up so that we can get the conversation flowing a little bit. It really is like <clears throat> there is an art to it or a skill set to group coaching because a lot of people might feel, oh man, like what if there's silence? You can get to a point where you're just so comfortable with the silence that you don't care. And it kind of encourages people to speak. Oh yeah. Well, that's a whole thing of health coaching. We say silence is where the magic happens. And we always talk about holding the space. Um, And you're right. Someone's always going to feel it. And we know that as health coaches. So if we put something out there and then we just hold the space, someone will speak up. So I'm all with you on that one, James. But what I was wondering is, do you ever just say, okay, this Zoom coaching call is going to be about a particular topic or are you just like what you said, spontaneous, where you, if there's some time, you throw a topic out there? How does it work like that? Yeah, that's a good question. So we would either do a workshop, okay? So we would pre-announce that we're doing a workshop. So for example... Uh, a lot of people have challenges with doing something like a squat or a deadlift, as an example. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have challenges with doing uh, how to construct their own meal plan. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I know that these should be my calorie and macro targets. How the hell do I put that together myself? And so we would do either a Zoom call that's positioned as a workshop, not as a like interactive the whole way through. So we'd position it as a workshop or we would do a simple live stream to inside the Facebook group community and it would be a teaching tool. And then obviously you have the ability to engage with the comments either as you're going or at the end in a and a style chat. So yeah, if it was a, if it was a, like more of a, a topic that needed some, expansive discussion, then we would create an event inside the Facebook group and then people would turn up as soon as they see the video going live and then we'd host the event. Or we'd do it as a Zoom call and effectively mute the lines and then ask open the lines at the end for questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it sounds like your mode of communication is always through Facebook with everyone because Facebook community, is that right? And then... it It is the most... I mean... One of the frustrations, it's like the best opportunity, Facebook. It's also the most frustrating part to the whole thing. And there's reasons for that. You are operating on someone else's real estate. So you're at the beck and call of the functionality of that situation. But the problem is, is that our demographic, you know, we're obviously 21 years old, but not really, uh, you know, 40 something, all our demographics on Facebook. And so with that being the point, with that being the case, you've got to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a great example of that. We used to do all of our chats through our, we have a custom app through the messenger on the app that comes pre-installed with the app. We were finding that people just weren't looking at it. They were going in to check their meal plan. They were going in to do their program. But in terms of like an ongoing communication, people are so used to responding either on Facebook or if they're a bit younger on Instagram. So we could either get really frustrated about the fact that they weren't seeing the messages and weren't replying in the app or meet them where they are, Facebook. Mm -hmm. So we use Facebook for both messaging and for the community holding. But it does come with some challenges as well. Those challenges... um, mostly because Facebook is a business and wants you to um, do things according to the way they want them done. So when we, for example, we've got two groups, as I mentioned, two community groups, we live stream across. So a workshop, unless it was a specific feminine workshop, like menopause or something like that, we would live stream across both groups at the same time synchronously. But Facebook is in April removing the ability to use a third-party streaming service to multi-stream. This is a huge problem because uh, a Zoom call like this, for example, I interviewed um, Dr. Ginny Mansberg and I streamed that across both groups, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, and like four different Facebook pages, something like 10 channels all at once, and then turned that into a podcast. 
I won't be able to do that across Facebook pretty soon, which like really sucks. From the marketing perspective, and maybe this is a different podcast, but clients are generated through conversations, mm. conversations via chat. Facebook is now heavily restricting your ability to outreach to someone that you don't know or to friend request someone that you don't have a multitude of mutual friends with. So what that means is that your ability to generate new clients, they're trying to drive you to pay for ads mm -hmm. through your business page as opposed to organic reach. It used to be that we'd put a before and after photo on our Facebook profile and it would get 400 likes and a ton of comments. Now, if you get something to go 50 to 60 likes, that's like a big solid post. So the landscape changes, but obviously if you're an entrepreneur, you have to adapt to that. You can't just sit there and complain. People are making it working and we're making it work. Mm -hmm. So what you've been doing at the moment sounds amazing. The ability to stream across many platforms, which means obviously you're able to reach um, many people either from a, does this, are all these people in your community or are some of these streaming as a marketing tool to get new people in? Both. It's a good question. And so, you know, a question might be, well, why would a person pay if they can listen to it for free on a podcast, for example? And that's a fair question. Um, and that's something that I used to uh, used to ask myself before I did group coaching. But then what I started to realize is that the big thing that you don't get if you're not in the program is the community, number one, and the ability to ask a coach who knows more than you do on your own, struggling in your own house, any question you want and get an answer in quick succession. Yeah, yeah. So, they yes. a little bit of content, but there's a lot. As you said, they don't get the community, they don't get that coaching, they're just getting a little bit of content. That might help them a little bit, but it's not going to be the same as being in your group coaching with all those different aspects. Yeah. As an example to to anyone that's listening to the shift, the you could you could scour YouTube, Google, TikTok, and find a thousand million business, fitness business or health coaches for coaches. When you pay for a program like yours, you get it all packaged into one so you don't have to spend all that time trying to find it on the on everywhere. It's here in a turnkey system. And this is this is the important part. We want people to be able to get a taste of our stuff and go, if this is the free stuff, like what's the program like? Mm. Of course, the program... You know, the amount of people that come into our program, and I could show you a ton of transformations, but they come in and like, wow, I can't really put my finger on why this worked and Jenny Craig didn't. I just can't put my finger on it. Well, it's because you have daily interaction. It's in your feed. You wake up in the morning, you have your coffee, you're feeling unmotivated, you open Facebook, and then you just have this feed of people who are, posting about their workouts, their meals, how they didn't feel like working out and then they did. And that becomes, that that's the power of the community component of it. Mm, yeah. As you said, it sounds like that's the most important part of your group coaching, the community support and that engagement. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Yeah. So we say as part of our onboarding process, we can't force people to do it. And some people are natural introverts, right? Uh, so we say as part of our onboarding process, look, we don't care if you're not a Facebook person, this is about you getting accountability, right? Because the reason you got stuck in the first place is because you had no accountability. We do an application-based system for people to apply to work with us. And one of the questions is we ask them, what do you think you need the most? And in 50% of cases, it's not, I need a plan or I need a diet or I need a program. It's I need some accountability. And so it's easy to reflect that back onto them and say, well, hang on, you said you wanted accountability, but accountability starts with being accountable. So rather than us re reaching out to you to get you and ask you, what are you doing? How about you just show us? So for the first 30 days, at least, I want you to have a mindset, which is I will post something into the Facebook group every day for 30 days. Does everyone hit? No, of course not. 
but it conditions them to start posting meals, workouts, questions, achievements, struggles, vents, life wins, non-scale victories, anything. And the amount of people that we've had, which are, they've said, look, I'll start this program, but I don't really want to be on Facebook posting all the time. And we'll say, yeah, okay, no problems. Let's sign them up, give them that message. Then all of a sudden they become a Facebook poster because they realize that, hang on, when I'm, rather than waiting on accountability, when I start with being accountable and showing up, as an example, for the month of February, we used a hashtag simple, I'm here. So you have guys taking a photo of themselves at the gym. I, I don't have anything to write, nothing brilliant here. I'm here. Hashtag I'm here. And that's like, that then catches on. When a few of the leaders do it, it starts to spill over to other people in the program, kind of copying and modeling, right? And that's such an easy thing. All you have to do is write, I'm here and I'm yeah. showing up. I've showed up at the gym. I'm you know, doing it. Yeah, I love it. That's fantastic. On our, on our discussion the other day, you it sounded like it was you've read Atomic Habits as well. Yeah. Um, and in that, he says, every time you do the thing, you cast the vote for the person that you want to become yeah. or that you're becoming. Well, every time you post on Facebook about who you are, and there is some, I don't know if you're aware of it, there is some science, that sh some research that shows people who are involved in online programs and get involved in the community component actually win. And so we kind of point to people and say, hey, listen, you know, like you failed at most of the stuff you've tried. Just let your guard down and just trust the process. I wouldn't say it on such a professional podcast, Shiv, but um, we call it FTFP and, and it's got FTFP and all the, o all the OGs in our group, all the people that have been around for a long time, We'll, we'll get every new person. They have to do an introduction with a photo when they first join, right? Not not like a before and after photo or anything like that, just a photo with their family. And often they'll say, don't really know what to do, a little bit nervous. And you'll see the comments, FTFP, FTFP, which stands for follow the effing plan, right? And it's people that have been around for a long time endorsing this person to say, hey, welcome to our community. And this is, Shiv, this is the, my favorite thing about the whole coaching group coaching process. We go through periods where the group is not as busy as like for whatever reason, like February, for example, the worst month of the year, basically everything, everyone's like hung over from holidays, credit card debt comes in. But then when you've got a really good community and someone does their introduction post and that person gets 30 comments on their post saying, welcome, 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 welcome that goes a long way to make the person feel like, okay, well, I'm in the right space now. Mm, I'm supported and so many people have got my back. Correct. Yep. And the more people post, the more they get seen as visible and known. And therefore when they keep posting, it becomes that kind of like snowball effect, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing you were talking about is that, your coaches can see the messages when they come in. So I'm really curious about that. So do all of your coaches support each individual or can they pick a particular coach to work with more? Like how does that work? Yeah. In very most uh, online coaching programs run by PTs, I can't comment for people that aren't PTs, but I know from the PT perspective, uh, most of the time, Either the head coach has a big following and gets lots of applications and then passes them off to a, a coach on their team uh, or the coach on their team is responsible for the clients that they bring in. So in our case, we don't have that system simply because we think, well, why would we want to give the person such specific when they can have specific like a restricted coaching from this one person when they can, for example, get a range of coaches. As an example, I am, I know what I'm doing when it comes to the gym, right? I'm a dietitian by trade. So I, I've got some real core strengths, but one of our coaches, he's run a number of uh, ultra marathons. So it would make sense that, you know, during the conversation, 
if it comes up that the client wants to run a marathon after they've lost the weight, which happens frequently, by the way, then I would kind of steer him to answer any questions or develop any programming around that or run a podcast on that or run a training on that because that makes more sense. So we don't, we don't box people in. Yeah. In story short, we, we think it's, and, and from the coach perspective, you know, for the, for the client, it's easy for them to go, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like that sounds good. I get a range of coaches, not just one. Mm-hmm. They get answered more frequently around the clock. As an example, I'm predominantly based out of Canada, but nine, 90% of my clients, the people that I've generated are based in Australia. So by 5 p.m., when the majority of people, mums and dads are knocking off in Australia, I'm snoozing in yeah. Canada. So our coaches would take care of that load. And then if there is messages that haven't been responded to because the person's message just said, 11 p.m. or midnight, then I'd pick them up first thing the day, the day after or one of our other coaches do. So it kind of, it, it's good for the client and it's good for our team to have that, yeah, that meshing. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it's a win-win for both. Yeah, yeah. Um, on win-wins, so what do you think, and you talked a little bit about, well, a lot bit about the benefits of group coaching. Um, are there any sort of keys, like key benefits from a one-on-one um, model to a group coaching model from both, I guess, a business perspective or a client perspective, or have you covered them already? I'm just trying to think, is there anything else that you've missed there that we might want to tell our audience? Yeah, let me, have a, let me have a think about it. I mean, I think I've covered off why yeah. the group coaching. And, and to be honest, like, I mean, I think a lot of people that work in this space, Sean, Siobhan, let's have a like an open conversation here. A lot of people that work in this space, I don't know about you, but I was told if you're going to be a dietitian you, and you want to make money, you're in the wrong game. Mm. Like I was told that by my first year professor at, at university. If you make it, if you're in this to make money, walk out the door. And I always thought to myself, well, Maybe if I'm a dietitian working in a hospital that on, on like a set way hourly rage that's negotiated by the government or something like that, yeah, sure. The, the beauty of a group coaching model is that it allows you to leverage your time one to many. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't perhaps earn maybe what you would on a per client, like an individual basis, but compare me to a PT working in a gym. So let's talk about a PT working in a gym. Do you have PTs that do your... We've got PTs that are coaches as well. Yep, yep. Okay, so let's take the PT in a gym. Like people think of PT as a... It's really easy. It's a really easy job. Like these guys are just cruisy. They walk around a gym. It's hard. And it's hard mostly because you have to work in with when your clients are not working generally speaking. Now, maybe that's changed a little bit over the last decade, but think about that. That means that you're doing sessions at five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning before people go to work. You're working out with them in their lunch break. And then you have to be around for them to come in at six or seven o'clock after dinner. So most in-person PTs are, you know, they've got a very fragmented day with lots of lulls in between. That That's like really challenging because they've got to be on site or back and forth to home. You know, it's, you're in a one to many, a one to one situation, you know, PTs that then go out and do group coaching where they charge less per person, but leverage their time into one hour. You see them down at Bondi beach. They've got 20, 30, 40 people all doing group coaching on the beach. They might have to pay for a permit or a license, but they're probably charging I don't know, maybe $20 or $30 a session times 30. So the benefit of group coaching, whether it be uh, in-person group coaching or online group coaching is you can leverage your time a little bit better. Mm. Obviously, that means that you've got to develop the skills to be able to hold the room, so to speak. Yeah, okay. So that... So it's, as you say, you can reach more people, you can leverage your time better. However... There's a caveat that you need to be able to really facilitate that community. And what 
you know, have that sort of personality that can be a bit of a connector, connect people. What would you, like, if you talk, if, if our coaches are listening at the moment, what would you say in terms of their personality fit? You know, what would you recommend? Like, who is it, what kind of person would be best at this versus someone that maybe it's not so much for them group coaching? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, okay, so first and foremost, you need to be, like, really willing to be bad at the start and (laughs) oh you know like and and that's probably everything you know it's it took I can remember having you know trying to do this myself at the start and like I can remember I produced an ebook of which I paid a designer like five or six hundred dollars to design for me with stock photos and I'm going to sell hundreds of thousands of copies of this and i Sold probably 20, 30 copies. One of my mum, one of my auntie, my girlfriend at the time bought two copies. It was an ebook, right? <laughs> so you don't need two copies. Uh, and and that's it, right? And and the wheels were spinning. You know, and then you start to so I think the biggest thing you need is like from a personality trait, you need a, an entrepreneurial drive. That is massive, huge. Uh if you're like balance then you got no chance. Like I'm pretty happy because I'm energetic and I want to reflect that to my kids. I'm pretty pretty happy to live on the edge a little bit, like with my energy and I can, I've got tolerance for this. So I'd say a person that is hardy, a person that is entrepreneurial, a person that is resilient, a person that uh, is willing to put themselves out on social media and, don't really care too much about what people think. Not that you want to purposely offend anyone, but like what will ha- will happen at the start is when you start posting on social media, all of your friends will start to say, or your family will start to say, like, shut up. Like, shut up. Why are you posting about that? Like, why have you got your shirt off? Why are you in the gym taking photos of yourself? Like, you're a wanker. That's what will happen at the start. Everyone will everyone will rip you. So if you're, uh, you know, a professional person that you don't, that's not natural to you, then it's a struggle. But for me, Shiv, you know, you know what I'm like coming onto this podcast. I'm probably not the normal, like, you know, approved accredited dietitian that comes on and speaks in like, because that's just not me. And if you've got that sort of willingness to just be yourself what that does is makes you polarizing. And when you're polarizing, people hate you or love you. I've got no doubt when I post things on social media, people would say, this guy's a wanker, right? And that's completely okay with me because I'd prefer to get the criticism, but then get the opinion rather than if you, ha- if you speak on social media and you're not polarizing in any format, no one cares. But if I get on on social media and someone goes through our program, like they will support you till the end. You know, they're ride or die once they believe in your your way. So I think you've just got to have like, and that faith can be built. The good thing, the good thing is, is that you know, you you might not be the A player that needs to go and start their own business. You don't need to do that. As an example, we we have six or seven coaches and each of those individuals doesn't want to run their own business entirely, but they do want to be entrepreneurial. So what would happen is they join, they use all of the infrastructure that I, the business owner, pays for and they have a turnkey model. Mm-hmm. So so for them, they don't have to bother setting up all the stuff. That's all done. Everything, everything. They just need to come in, produce content, and get good at being being a coach in an online fashion. And they're like, they're not simple skills either. They're they're things you need to work on. Yeah. So I think yeah. like to kind of directly answer your question, you need to be entrepreneurial. You need to be willing to put yourself out there. And, you know, if you're the sort of person that doesn't like the idea of 
like being on social media too much or it kind of, well, you got no chance. You have to, social media is this, okay, so there's a mental decision as as an online coach that everything I post on social media is to support my strategy. Even things that I post about my vulnerable, about my family, the intention there is to allow people to not see like some semi-muscly guy. It's to be like, oh, okay, I can relate to that pain that he's talking about. Oh, so he's got kids. So he's not a guy that just lives in the gym. No, I've trained three days a week. You need to have that vulnerability, I think is, yeah, the realist. realist. Um, What you don't need, and I will just make this point, one of... um, one of my, it can be advantageous, but my, my partner used to say to me, I don't know if you're going to make this Jace because you just don't have a fat to fit story, right? You, people can't relate if you've always been healthy. And I think that would be 50% of people in the health game would be like that. 50% wouldn't be. Some would be like total transformation of physical health for themselves. And now they want to share that with the world. Other people have always been healthy. Either way, you just need to work out how to leverage your story to be able to tell that. Like, I've been the 36-year-old dad that was desperate for having kids and, holy shit, my girlfriend of six years just cheated on me and had a kid with a guy and now I'm a single guy at 37. What the hell? Mm. That's not a fat-to-fit story, but it's a pain story. And relating the pain that I'm feeling to the pain that you're feeling, we're both stuck. It's just a different type of stuck. I'm stuck. I was stuck. I moved through it. You're stuck. Let me help you move through it. People need that relativity component. So you don't, having said that, one of the most successful coaches that I know uh, in the the online scape, she is like killing it. And she's... 180 kilograms weight. So that's obviously the majority of her clients are able to relate to her story. She's 180 kilograms, but she's lost 100 kilograms. And so when she posts things on social media, it's far more believable to her unique avatar client. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. So that the big thing there I heard was vulnerability and not being afraid to put yourself out there, tell your story, tell it how it is. Don't be afraid of judgment or, you know, other people's opinions because people, you're never going to please everybody in this world. And there are going to be people out there that probably need you and they need you to tell your story and they need what you've got to offer. So I think a lot of our coaches hold back or wait until they're perfect. or they've just got to do another course or, you know, that sort of thing, but just, don't be afraid to just get out there. You don't have to be perfect is what you're saying in terms of, you know. I guess- 100%. Yeah. You need to start posting on social media now yeah. consistently, realising you're going to be, like if I look back at my first videos, they're like, oh, God, that's embarrassing. And people will delete them. But but that's just part of it, you know. you 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 The people don't relate to the perfect story. Mm-hmm. They don't right? They, they relate to when they can see themselves in you and when you're meeting them when you are. So actually, actually you could make an argument that the more perfect you get, the more further away from your target that you get. Because you're right. We've all been stuck, a different kind of stuck and a different story. And it's not always, you know, as you said, there's a lot of clientele that the weight loss is the story, but there's all different kind of stuff that we've all been through. It's a human condition yep. that we've there's been times when it's been really hard to change and we've struggled. And so people can, if they can just relate to that and then you extrapolate it out to different areas, then that's one of the ways we can connect with people. Love it. Um, What doesn't work though, Jay? So I want to know what has been the, maybe the biggest challenge or some key challenges in group coaching and your learnings. Yeah. Good question. I think the, I'd probably default to, the marketing component of it. Mm-hmm. What doesn't work is posting on social media and then thinking that people are going to contact you to work with you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. People will say, well, how then do you get clients? 
everything happens in the conversations. And what my first coach has taught me, and I've been lucky to have a couple of really good coaches, conversions happen in conversations. So what doesn't work, and think about why. Like you could argue that fitness is just so mainstream. Weight loss advice, diabetes advice, all these things, they can get off Google. The client can get off Google. Uh, ChatGP, ChatGPT has changed the game. People can get their own programs off that. Do me, enter the prompt, write me a program that I can do for the next seven days that gives me 1,800 calories a day and 150 grams. It'll do it. So what doesn't work is just thinking that like, we call it post and pray. Post and pray and hope something happens. Doesn't work. That's less about group coaching versus individual coaching. That's more about being successful at selling your services. And that's a whole other conversation. I guess specific to group coach, group coaching, what doesn't work is having the best coaching program in the world, like a course, for example, and and no community. You will enroll people in the course, they'll do the course and then they'll leave. You need a you need a way to retain people. So I would say like the strongest message would be what does not work is running an online coaching program without a community. Yeah. And your community, have they been, do they stick with you forever? Like how does it work? Do they enroll and then they're just always there? Like does it just keep building? Yeah. Uh, you could use that model. We did use that model at the start. So what we did at the start was once a person completed their four-month program, 16-week program, they become a life member and we let them stay in the program. We did that uh, intentionally for both our men's and then again with our women's group. The reason we did it is because we wanted to build a core base of really dedicated clients that said, you know, we were the first. Yeah. Now, yeah. now we did that at the start and then over time when you build belief in your own service, you start to realise that you can't just be chasing new sales, new clients all the time. You have to be re-signing and retaining clients. And so this is where we don't do that anymore. But to someone starting, I think it's a very good idea. Mm. You know, you basically, your pitch to them would be, okay, I'm going to give you a 16-week program. At the end of it, you remain in our in our program. We don't give you any hands-on coaching, or maybe we do if you've got the capacity to do that. But you get to benefit from being in our community. All I ask for in return is that you're one of our leaders. So if I was if I was building a program again or a community from scratch, that's what I would do. I would I would get people to sign up. I might even do a free transformation for 10 people and then have that as my core group to which I would then add every new client to and then that that is the base of your community. So yeah, at this stage, um, after the six-month program that they do with us, they either continue on, we've got some extension options, or they leave. Yeah. And, of course, you you don't want to leave. And the nature of it is that a lot of people go backwards the moment they leave because they just don't have the accountability. If they've not integrated those changes into lifestyle, then, you know. So, yeah, you've, you've got to have a community is the biggest message. Yeah, yeah, I think we've got that one loud and clear. That's great. <laughs> um, the other thing you talked about just briefly, do you need to have good tech skills to set up group coaching? Some of our coaches, you know, older generation and they're a bit nervous about technology. What would you say to that? No. No. You don't need, uh, you don't need tech skills, deep tech skills. You don't need to, have, you don't need to build a website. Firstly, the moment a person, and I was the exact same way, I'm going to start a fitness business. What's my name? What's my website? What does it look like? I don't convert people from my website at all, right? Uh, so you don't need deep tech skills at all. No, you need, you need to be able to know how to use social media. So if you, if you can have a chat, if you can add a friend on Facebook if you can add to your stories, if you can post, uh, you know, these days, if you can film 
and do a real, you know, short form video, this is the most potent way to grow. Uh, and so you need some basic social media skills. And then if you did need to do something somewhat technical, then you go onto Fiverr or one of the freelance websites and get them to do it for free. I mean, I would do it myself now, but at the start, if I wanted to do a design, I would get someone to do it for me. Mm. Yeah. But most people want to do it all themselves. And then they, (laughs) they end up spending like three years building a website and then they're like, all right, turn the application button on. Uh, where, is everybody? <laughs> where is everybody yeah so that doesn't work yeah, so yeah. No, you don't need deep tech skills I've seen you know coaches starting at 50 years old doing really really well in the space speaking to other 50 60 70 year old clients and as long as they have the ability to post on social media and follow up with people then yeah and they're okay yeah okay yeah. so are there any downsides at all to group coaching that that you would like to share or? Um, Look, there's probably the only thing that comes to mind when you ask that is that just that versus in-person accountability, like I'm guessing that online consultations one-on-one, people still ghost, people still go missing, I'm guessing. Uh, Maybe you have to have them pre-play for their consultation or something like that. And that the show up rate would then. So, so, you know, you're always going to have a churn factor, which might be a little bit more controllable if you were in person. Uh, yeah. I mean, because we have to make the discrepancy between, are we talking about uh, one-on-one coaching versus group coaching, or are we talking about in-person coaching versus online coaching. So I think there's probably, maybe there's the occasional client that, so I would say a downside is someone who is just, they're just not willing to get involved. For that person, I don't know if that's a trait, if they don't really want it enough, if they don't know how to use social media, there might be multiple reasons for it. But in that case, it it's frustrating because even though they're paying you, then you're kind of like, man, like I know that you're not going to get the result unless you get involved. So there's probably, probably, the, but that's probably more to do with online coaching as opposed to in-person coaching rather than one versus group. So I can't really think of maybe the, maybe the, another example might be, it becomes harder to be completely across every person. Now, my way of dealing with that is that if you're my client and I have to go into your app or meal plan or my fitness pal or whatever it is every single day to check what you're eating, that's great. You'll get good results, but then you become dependent on me. Mm-hmm. So the moment you leave, what do you then do? You haven't learned anything. Right. So, so my way of explaining that is I want you to be empowered, not dependent. And for that, you need to come to me with questions. So some people will drop off and get in a hole, right? And they just can't get themselves out. They have a fear of failure. They're too scared to ask for help. So they're operational issues that you're going to face when you're not within arm's reach of the person. Mm, yeah yeah I would say that one-on-one you know we're definitely that active approach as well um because obviously I do one-on-one coaching as you know um so it definitely is and I definitely wouldn't be checking on people always get them to check you know check back with me but like what you said too I guess there's the sometimes you you, I guess with that one-on-one you're a little bit more across if someone's going to fall through the cracks yeah yeah I guess I can see what you're saying there yeah and if they've got a, a really difficult story, I mean, we all know that most people's challenges physically are, be- are embedded in some trauma or something that's happened there in their life. And so a person might not be ready to share that in a in a group setting, which mm. in that case, uh, I think it would be better to work in a one-on-one situation. Yeah. Or at, or yeah. at least a smaller group, smaller group that meets up regularly. Yeah, they either start off one-on-one or they start off with a small group until they feel like they're ready for yeah. that group. Yeah, and that could be a way of managing that. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so we're going to wrap up soon, but do you have any future plans for growing your group coaching business? What does the future look like, Dace? As soon as you ask that, I just light up, right? So it's because I because I think to myself, you know, how lucky it's hard, right? When you when you're an entrepreneur, you you and that's a weird thing. As soon as I say that, it's like entrepreneur, which kind of people think to themselves, oh, so it's about money. It's about impact, right? When I think about, we've got a successful group coaching program that currently has about 300 clients. We've worked with about 3000 clients. That sounds like a lot until you know that Australia's population is what, 25 million or something. And Australia is such a tiny market, tiny market compared to the US as an example, right? There's something like 60 cities in the US that have over a million people. And I've got four US clients. You know, like the scope of expansion is huge. But in order to do that, you know, the the absolutely like we're all on our own growth journey. And that that certainly as the as the business owner and the leader, that is you only grow to the size of the fishbowl that you're in, right? And so at the moment, our level is limited by my skill set. And so it's about, you know, for me to take the next level, it's about people and systems. And so what I'm working on as the as the owner here is like, how do we document everything that we do and what's the right way to do things and what's the wrong way to do things? Then it's how do I work with my virtual assistants? How do I work with my coaches? How do I work with my support team to be able to teach them how to do the right thing? Because scaling yourself out as the entrepreneur is the very hardest part. But, you know, any person that is excited about the opportunity of, you know what, like, I just want to have impact. A couple of our coaches, they joined us because they were like, they did their own transformation with us. And then they were like, this is unreal. I want to be able to help people. When you ask people, what's your purpose or what's your why? Most people will say, I want to help the world, my kids, my family. Like it's natural to a human to want to help, right? And so when a person discovers that they just help themselves by becoming healthier and then they want to share that, that's the that's the exciting thing. So, you know, I would love to get to the impact that that's in my vision board of helping a million people, but um, we've got to increase the the pace. <laughs> yeah. No doubt yeah. you will, Jace. I know how much energy and passion you have. Yeah. And on that note, so would there be opportunities for cancer accredited health coaches within your business? Yeah, yeah, there are. I think the biggest, so maybe the questions you might want to ask yourself is, if you like the idea of having a, so our coaches work as like subcontractors, basically. So if you like the idea of having your own business, but you don't want it to be truly your own, where you have to build everything from scratch, where you have to do everything and take all the costs and all of the responsibilities. If you are the traits that I described as a character, you're willing to put yourself out there, you're really willing to learn. And probably something that I didn't, you know, say there, um, Siobhan, is that there is a, whether you do it on your own or you do it with a business to work in an online coaching space, there is a growth period, right? It's, you know, it's probably unlikely that you're going to come out in the first month and just be like, from zero to hero in the first month. And the biggest skill that, that you're going to need to learn, and I can come back and do a podcast on this if you want, is the, is the sales and marketing component. Believe it or not, there's kind of two things that you need to grasp. And most coaches have, they've got the coaching component. They might need to transfer the delivery skill set to being online. They've got the coaching component, but they got zero idea about the marketing. Mm. And- you can have all the letters off the back of your business card, but no one knows who you are because you don't create any content or polarity. You're not going to make any clients. And so, yeah, there are opportunities. You've got to have, I wouldn't, I'd prefer the person that's like more out there, more extroverted, more willing to fail that has a PT certificate only than the person that's got all the degrees, but they're just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. 
So, yeah, there are definitely opportunities. So what we would do is bring you in, uh, obviously probably have a proper interview with you, but then show you the systems that we run by and then, uh, you know, ask you why do you want to do it because that's probably the big thing. And if you're answering back, like, I want to have impact. I want to, I don't want to, for me, I was mortified. I I became a dietitian thinking that it was all about sports. Then all of a sudden I'm in a university class with 30 women and just me. I'm like, uh, what is this? And then all of a sudden I'm in a hospital, you know, giving two cow to cancer patients. And I'm like, this isn't me. Yeah. This isn't me, man. Like I want to work with people preventing this like whole obesity thing. And so if that's your kind of like, oh man, like you just look at this and you think if health comes to you somewhat naturally and you're like, I want to just teach this to people, that's the type of person. Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Dace, for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. And um, we hope everyone's enjoyed the podcast. If you would like to hear more from Jace, you can, how can we contact you, Jace? We'll drop it in the podcast notes as well. But Yeah, uh, probably the best way would be to go on Facebook's probably the best way. Yeah. So if you Google search, uh, it's an open profile. So if you Google search Jason, sorry, Facebook search Jason Stewart, you'll get it. Uh, or you can search Better Body Academy, but it's probably better go personal. Fantastic. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jason. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. We've absolutely loved having you on the health Thanks program. for having me, mate. I appreciate <laughs> you. All right. We'll chat soon, okay? Soon. Bye.